Welcome to the Tybee Marine Science Center podcast, an authentic coastal experience. Welcome to the Tybee Island Marine Science Center podcast. I'm Dee Daniels here with Chantal Odron. Um, we are getting ready to have yet another information-packed episode, and we're going to have some fantastic guests on the episode, Tyler Hood and Jessica Boyle. And Chantal, we're really going to focus a little bit on this episode about the, the care team you have here, the husbandry team. And this is so important, such a vital piece of what's going on here. It is. So our husbandry staff is very near and dear to us. It is a big heartbeat of the Science Center. And it is because, yes, we teach with live animals, um, and that is super important. But more important for us is that those animals have optimal care and that they are living a full and stimulated and enriched life while they're here. So it should feel more like a day at the spa, a week at the spa, rather than it being um, anything stressful, anything strenuous. So for the husbandry team, it is a tiny bit less about the humans and a lot more about the animals and making sure that they're happy and healthy. One of the things I love too, and I know that that you're so focused on, on making sure this happens, is is the, the education piece that happens when people come in they can ask any question. They can talk about any anything that's going on and just, I mean, the, the team is so knowledgeable. Absolutely. We pride ourselves on our training and then the experience that we give our staff. And so we like to refer to ourselves as a teaching facility. Um, we are mentors for people uh, just getting out of school that are interested in marine science. And it is our goal to... Um, open up this awesome world of husbandry and education for them. So my goal for our staff at the Science Center is to not only make them fluent in their marine science interpretation, but to also have a technical side to be able to fix a pump if it's down, to be able to uh, work the life support system. So that is paramount to me. I came from life support systems and husbandry, so it will always be an important mission to maintain the health of every one of our animals. And, and, you know, too, I think uh, so many of the supporters uh, of the Tybee Island Marine Science Center, they know that that support that they're giving goes to help fund all of this education and to make it available. Right. I mean, we have many mouths in the building that have to eat. So when you come through the front door, it's not just to go around and look at the animals and to learn from us. It's also to support something awesome. So you're helping feed the animals as you come through the front door. You're also helping support our other conservation programs like bird rescue, sea turtle rescue, even non-sea turtle rescue like diamondback terrapin. Yeah. And it's really exciting, the work that goes on here. It never stops, by the way. It goes on constantly. Um, currently we're sitting here on a public closed day, but the work continues. Yeah. Monday and Tuesday right now, while we are still closed and putting up exhibits on those days, we're doing full programming. We just had a group of about 90 kindergartners in the science center, but always for the husbandry team, the list never stops. It only turns over. And so the maintenance is constant, um, and the attention to detail is really high. And so what we did at the new center was because that practice of husbandry was so important to us, the care of taking care of these animals, 
we have our life support systems open to the public at the Science Center. Makes it harder on them. They have to clean them, make sure they're beautiful and pristine um, because we're showing them off. It's another teaching moment. We can have a design schematic of our life support system so you know how much infrastructure and care we put into building their new home. Well, I'm excited about this conversation we're going to have with Tyler and Jessica. And I know looking forward to really getting to know the five permanent residents here. Absolutely. They are the crux of our mission. They are educators themselves. They are our animal ambassadors. And so to hear it directly from the husbandry team is always a special moment because we analyze and observe them in a different way. So you get to know these animals and their behavior very, very well. The stories are endless that we can tell about the five permanent residents because we've known them a long time. Um, we know all their quirks and their preferences, like Charlie loves strawberries and he's going to face plant in a bowl of strawberries <laughs> on feeding day. <laughs> Charlie, you're not alone, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> And, and again, the connection, as we always have spoken about with our sea turtle residents, um, our mayor of Tybee loves Charlie. And every time I go to City Hall and City Council, she wants to have a Charlie update. So these individuals really um, kind of highlight the species to care and to take care of them. So that's always a thread going through everything. But to hear the stories is is my favorite part. It was my family's favorite part when I was in it. Oh, tell me that story about Charlie. Tell me that story about Ruby and Pearl. No. And it's because, um, you know, there are kids. Right. <laughs> it's our job to keep them happy and healthy. And so the awesome stories come along with that honor. Well, we're going to get to know Tyler and Jessica coming up. All right, here we are. We are so excited to sit down and have this conversation. And like I mentioned, Tyler Hood and Jess Boyle uh, here on the mic with us as we're having this uh, really educational conversation. And it's going to be a lot of fun, too. Uh, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank Hi. you. Hi. We're excited to talk about all this. Um, we were just talking with Chantal a few minutes ago about uh, getting to know the five permanent residents and what you all do with the husbandry, husbandry team. And, and first, let me just say, I, I've seen you guys in action and, and I know your hearts are so, so in this work. Um, talk a little bit about how you both got into doing this. And what makes you so passionate about it? So ever since I was little, this is what I wanted to do. I grew up in Michigan. We would go to the Detroit Zoo. I always wanted to know what was behind the scenes. Everyone that knows me knows I'm the turtle girl. And I've loved them since I was really little. Um, and so we moved here probably about 13 years ago when my husband was in the military. And I started volunteering with the Sea Turtle Project right away. And my kids were still little. Um, and then I started working at the Science Center. I started off as a cashier and I just, I loved it so much. I just wanted to be a part of it. So eventually um, I resigned from that, from the paid position. I said, I I'll do it for free. I just want to help with the animals. So I got to start uh, volunteering with Chantel. Um, so Allie and Chantel are just a huge part of getting me started. Um, and it was me and another girl named Esme. 
Um, and so we started food prepping for Chantel and feeding out all the animals um, and netting out their tanks afterwards. And then COVID happened. Mm. So we all kind of just stayed back home for a little bit. And when things started opening back up, I texted Chantel. I'm like, you know, if you need any help, I'll come help out. And so it was just a few of us and we got to come and help Chantel. And it was really just us in that building because the rest of the staff, uh, was over in this building and they were starting sea camp up for the summer. And so Chantel really needed those extra hands in the tanks. So we were still food prepping and feeding and doing a little bit of scrubbing. It was just really laid back. It was just us in the building. So I just owe it all to her and wow. Allie. And then we moved to this building. And um, so it was really fun when we moved into this building. It was like moving into a new house when you're right. like sleeping on the floor in a blow-up mattress. So we had yeah, all yeah. of our animals and our little pop-up <laughs> tanks and everything. And while the girls like Chantel, Allie, Beth, Sydney were working their butts off, getting this building ready, I was still food prepping um, and feeding the couple animals we had. And then when we opened to the public, um, I had been learning and learning and learning. Like when I was a cashier, I would sit there at the desk and go on Wikipedia or whatever else and just, you know, learn. And Allie would see me with my notebook and everything. <laughs> so when we opened to the public, um, I was actually food prepping in the little window. And then when I was done with that, they were like, if you want to go out there and teach, you can. So I was like, okay, cool. So I went out and I started teaching and I was just having a blast. And at the end of the day, Allie's like, how would you like to be an educator? And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> um, so started doing that. I've been teaching for almost three years. Um, at first, the girls took back over food prepping, like Chantel and Allie and Beth, because it was a good, especially, um, sorry, Allie and Sydney. It was a good break for them from teaching. So they were doing everything. Mm. Um, and then eventually I came back around to it. So that's, I food prep for all the animals and everything too. And that's so sweet. Yeah, and that's that, like full circle. I was going to say, and that must have bonded you so much, especially during that time. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, just like zoom out, right? It's like such a scary time for, sure. for everyone. And it's like, you know, as, as a business and especially one that is working to rescue and save and help and educate, you know, it's like you had to be fearful of like, when are we going to be able to reopen and right. start doing this with the public? Yeah. And at the same time, all of the animals that you're caring for still need the same exact care. Yeah. <laughs> they need the same attention. They need, you know, yeah. so that must have been a very bonding and, and also frightful kind of time. It was. It was really exciting, though, just to like get to learn under Chantel and just kind of get in there and hands on and everything. And so it was scary, but it was very exciting. I know. I like learning from her too. I just text her sometimes <laughs> and ask her questions. It's out of nowhere. So do we. I'm right. <laughs> How can you not? So I just, I totally get it. Um, so uh, Tyler, how about you? How, how did things yeah. get going for you? Well, I'm actually from Texas. So I have been just dreaming about animals my whole life. I always was the one. We lived on some land growing up, so I was always bringing home random stray dogs or raccoons or lizards and frogs and whatever <laughs> else I could find. So I always just had a heart for animals. Um, I never knew really what I wanted to do with that, but I just knew that I had the heart for it. And so when it came time to go to college, um, I really was doing a lot of research because I just didn't really know what was out there that could get you into... Um, the animal field without being a vet, because that was the one thing I knew I didn't want to do. I don't really have the 
um, desire to be a vet. So I was like, okay, what can I do um, conservation wise? Like, what does that look like? What does conservation even mean? And so I started really looking into that and I actually ended up going to college for wildlife ecology and management, Mm. um, which was really specific. And um, there's not very many places out there that offer that kind of um, major in education. Um, So I actually went to Oklahoma for school, um, which is funny and coincidental because Chantel is also from Oklahoma. Um, So that was one of the first things that we bonded over when I met her. Um, But yeah, I went to OSU, go Pokes. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's a great school and it has incredible wildlife, um, tracks. And so I was like, okay, I still don't really know what I want to do, but this is going to give me a really broad education on every species. And then as I get older and I'm not freshly 18, I can kind of narrow that down as I kind of figure out where I want to go and what I want to do. Um, turns out I did want to do marine biology at the end of it, um, which was good, but I didn't really know where to go from that. Um, Along with all of that, I had also been visiting my sister for a really long time here in Georgia. So she went to college out here. And so I've been visiting Tyvee. I've been visiting Savannah for five years off and on at that point, And I knew that I wanted to move down here. Um, pretty cool I, place to be. Pretty right? cool place to be. It's beautiful out here. Yeah. Um, I was stuck in Oklahoma. There was no ocean anywhere. And I was like, this is not going to get me far. Right. So I was like, Okay. And I had been eyeing the new science center building for the past couple of years because I was watching it get built as I would come and visit every year, like the whale tail would go up, but nobody's inside or like the infrastructure would be complete. Um, And then they finally started moving animals in, but they still, of course, weren't open to the public because some of that was during COVID and everything. Um, And so I had just been like slowly watching it because I was like, one day they're going to open this building and it's really big, so I hope they're going to need some staff. <laughs> and you were just waiting. I was kind of, and then um, coincidentally, right when I finished school that May, um, they put out a Facebook post saying mm. that they were hiring their first like ever batch of summer staff, um, and they needed educators for the summer. And I was like, I could do that. Right. I have previously worked at summer camps for years and years all throughout my college. So I'm like, I know kids. I love working with kids. Um, And I also love animals. So like, what could go wrong? Right. And so um, I sent in my resume and um, I actually had a Zoom call with Chantel, Allie and Beth. um, And I was in Texas and I was like, yeah, I mean, the only thing is I would have to move to Georgia. And they were like, well, what's the earliest you could be here? And I was like, two weeks. <laughs> and so they were like, great. And so I did. I packed everything up and I moved into my sister's living room Love for the it. summer. Um, That's how you know you're in the right place exactly. when you just make it happen. I was like, my Reagan is my sister's name. I was like, hey, I'm going to need to borrow 50 feet of your 700 square foot apartment for the summer. (laughs) Um, And I did. I moved right into the living room, brought a mattress and um, started here like a week later. And it's really funny because Jess is actually majorly who trained me in a lot of um, our educating um, system here and just the way that we run programs and things. Allie, of course, was a huge a huge help in all of that. She runs the whole um, education program. Um, but Jess was one of the senior educators by that point. She had been doing it the longest. And so um, it's just funny because um, Jess had been learning for so long. And then she trained the first batch of us that were here. Um, and so me along with like, I think there was four or five other educators that started. Um, 
we all got trained up. And then as the summer continued, we just kept educating, kept educating. Um, and then by the end of the summer, it just kind of, they just asked me to stay on for a while. I didn't want to have to move back to Texas. <laughs> so um, yeah, after that, I started getting trained on uh, more of our Aquarius side, our husbandry team um, and everything like that, which is always what I really wanted to do. Um, I know sharks really well, and I've recently um, really become a sea turtle person. So um, just the the growing of knowledge here, plus um, everything I got to learn and experience in college and then really throw into the field here um, has been such a really cool and great learning experience, as well as all of my um, previous experience working with kids at camp that I thought I was never going to use right. because I thought right. it was just like a fun little summer gig. Right. It's the majority of my day. So <laughs> it's really funny um, that I'm like, oh. I know how to handle third graders. <laughs> I've done it a million times, um, which is just funny how things work out. I, I never thought I would I would mesh those two passions and loves into one thing. Um, and this fantastic. is kind of the perfect middle ground of it all, great. which is great. Um, yeah, and that's a great skill to have. When you know how to deal with a third grader. Yeah, and there's something else. You can mix that in with knowing and, and, and educating about animals. Come on. Right. Um, Watching kids learn about animals is such a cool thing. That's a dangerous and wonderful mashup of so skills. True. I love that. Well, now that we've gotten to know the two of you a little bit, let's get to know the five permanent residents that yeah. are here at uh, Tabio Marine Science Center. Um, first, before we get there, one of you tell me what, what exactly, let's zoom out a little bit. What exactly does husbandry mean? Right. So husbandry really just means the care of animals. Um, it's all the animals that we have in our tanks, all the animals that we rescue or rehabilitate, or even just, um, see from day to day. It's how we're caring for all of those animals. So everything from the food prepping to the scrubbing of tanks to their general, um, care and well-being, um, just from how they're living, how active they are, um, what is going inside their enclosures, how um, they're living from day to day, how much sunlight they're exposed to, if that's important to them. Um, and so it's really animal specific, um, I would say. But yeah, it's just the care of animals. Um, and we have lots of different types of animals here. So that can be a full-time job at some point. It takes a lot of work to know the ins and outs of each one of these animals, um, which are head aquarists that you guys have met previously. They know the ins and outs of them like nobody I've ever met. And we just kind of get to learn from them, which is really cool. Um, but we assist and help where we can. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think too, it's important. I'm glad you said this, that there, you know, you, you really care for so many different kinds of animals. Yeah. Um, and, and we're going to get into the five permanent residents, but do you guys want to talk a little bit about like what, all, what all types of animals do you care for here? Yeah. So we have all kinds of animals here. So everybody <laughs> is native. Um, so I, I love to always ask the kids, like, well, what does that mean? And um, so just, you know, animals that live here in the wild. So we love to teach about that. And so we have fish, we have invertebrates, we have different crabs, we have sea jellies. Um, we also have several reptiles, so our sea turtles, our diamondback terrapins, our snake maisie. Um, we have our box turtles, and so we just have a whole array of animals here. So yeah, and and when do you have a favorite that you care for? 
<laughs> um, it or comes Kenzie, and goes. You can't really have a favorite, right? <laughs> well, a lot of them don't have feelings. We'll ask so them to cover their okay ears during this. Favorites. They won't listen during this right. portion of the... I mean, I think we're all partial to our sea turtles just because they are the... <laughs> Most endangered, and you have to have very special permits to be able to yes. handle and deal yeah. with sea turtles. So it's a really cool thing to get to do. But all of our animals come and go. Um, we're catch and release. So we see some really cool guys sometimes. My favorites right now are our striped birdfish. Um, we get the babies during the summer. They're summer fish. And they look like little jelly beans that puff up. And it's just the cutest thing you've ever seen. I mm-hmm. love them so much. We have one right now and he's just so cute and he eats everything. And the second he eats something, he gets like twice as big. It's like a little pregnant belly. It's, it looks so, like. it's so cute. <laughs> That's funny. I get that too after dinner. And it's just, I mean, it's because I've had too much, you know, and then I have a cookie on top exactly. of it. So, I mean, you know, it's. But it's, he still looks so cute. So after cute. <laughs> I love it. Do you have a favorite you care for, Jess? Um, I always tell everyone that my favorite is Maisie, our corn snake. I tell them not to tell the other animals. Of course, yes, of course. <laughs> I'm still very partial for one of our sea turtles I took care of, Abby. Um, she was the first I took care of, and I love all of our sea turtles, but I'll always like have that special place in my heart for Abby. But so right now, it's definitely Maisie, our corn snake. Mm-hmm. She is just so loving and just um, like Tyler said, they really can't love their reptiles, but she just is so docile. And mm-hmm. in the winter, when we take her out, um, we have our hoodies and everything. She'll kind of like go into the pockets and just kind of cuddles with us. So, oh, yeah, I she's love really that. Cool. Let's, let's highlight the five permanent residents. Yeah. All right. So we've got our two mm-hmm. diamondback terrapins, um, Ruby and Pearl. The golden and girls. Yes. The golden girls. Like, yes. Okay. Girls. And then we have our two Eastern box turtles, Zelda and Charlie. Um, one of those is male and one's female. And then we have Mace, who is mm-hmm. our corn snake. So those are our five permanent residents. They're all reptiles. Can you tell us a little bit about each of those, you know, and, and what some specifics are? I know you guys have some great stories about them, too. So, yeah. um, But maybe like what, what, what it goes into caring for each of those. I know there are special different things you do. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, walk through that a little bit. Yeah, so um, with Ruby and Pearl, they are two adult diamondback terrapins. Um, and for them, their care for them and their tank is really important because their tank is at the center of um, the science center. So it's right in the middle when you walk in. Um, at our old building, it was in the back. So I never realized how dirty it can get. But this tank, it is <laughs> so crazy to clean because there are parts that you literally cannot get to unless you get inside. Tyler's gotten inside of it many times. So is Sarah and so Rachel, our curators. <laughs> um, and so... It's just this scrubbing for this tank is really important. And then Ruby and Pearl, um, their care is they get fed three times a week. So we do um, feed our reptiles besides our sea turtles like a daily. Most of our reptiles get fed, uh, fed several times a week because they have slower metabolism than us. They so don't they eat as often. What do they eat? So we feed them um, these little turtle pellets and then they get some uh, dry, freeze-dried brine shrimp. Um, and they also get something called Reptimin. And so that is going to be like vitamins for them. And so they get pulled out of their tank when we feed them. So for a couple of reasons, we can see what they're eating, if they're eating well, if not. And then they also make a huge mess mm. so that we could just empty out that container. Um, but then they also get a lot of shell care. 
So we will put certain lotions and things on their shelves where they'll get their little nails clipped. Um, so yeah, they're a fun one to take care of. Like Chantal said, it is a day at the spa. It really with is. the lotion. Wait till we get to yeah. Zelda. Oh, yeah. tell me, tell me. <laughs> um, yeah, so Zelda and Charlie, there are two Eastern box turtles. Um, their care is also really important to them um, and very specific to each one of them. Um, so Charlie is our male. Um, he is about 22 years old, I think, this year. He's 21 last year. But his tank um, has a lot of wood chips in it, and he has his water bowl. And then they both have heat lamps in their tank to make sure that they're getting um, enough warmth. Um, Charlie has wood chips in his tank because Charlie is kind of ornery. He <laughs> loves to um, look at people like he wants to fight them all the time. He's a grumpy um, old man. He's a grumpy old man is what we always say. Um, we we'll pull Zelda out for people to touch sometimes and um, pet her. But Charlie does not get pulled out because he just wants to pick a fight. Mm. Um, and so Charlie has a lot less in his tank than Zelda <laughs> does because he is not burying down um, into his tank at all. He just kind of walks um, along the top. So we do miss their tanks every single morning um, to make sure that that um, enclosure stays nice and moist in there for them. And then we're changing their water bowls every single day to make sure that they're getting um, clean water. Charlie's water bowl gets cleaned a few more times a day than Zelda's because Charlie likes to have multiple baths a day inside of his water bowl. He gets it so dirty. So dirty. <laughs> it's so wild. He will wait for you to come back with the water bowl and he stare will. at you the whole time. And then the second you put it down, he's right back in it. Yeah. Um, and so it's in vain every time, but he loves it. It's a simple he pleasure. He is quite honorary, isn't he? He is. Um, but it's really funny when we will let them out of their enclosure sometimes when we're not open to the public. Mm -hmm. um, and we take both of them outside. And they get some sunshine time. They get to go sunbathing outside oh, on our back love deck. It. Yeah, because that vitamin D is really good for their shells. Um, and so it's funny because he's so um, he's so extroverted when he's inside of his right. tank. But the second that you take him out, he's really not. He's really cautious and he thinks everything is a predator. So <laughs> um, it's really funny just to see the change in his behavior even in that way when he's running around. Um, but he is, he's a sweet little guy. We love him um, so much. But he definitely he, has the personality he or does. seemingly the personality. Such um, a personality. That people that talk one. about. Absolutely. You know? yeah. I mean, he's kind of got a fan club. Oh, and yes. Yeah. The mayor is obsessed right? with Charlie. Right? We, they, our box turtles are big family here. Yeah. We just love them. Yeah. Um, but they, their care also, they get their shells um cared for in different ways so they're going to get lotions on their shells and their skin as well because um eastern box turtles are actually a land turtle so they're um classified as a terrapin because they have webbed feet and claws that they could use to swim but they actually don't swim um they live on land their whole lives so um their skin as you can imagine gets pretty dry um and so we have lotion for their skin um to keep them nice and moisturized um, and their nails are getting trimmed as well. And we have um, these little things in their tanks to help trim their beaks naturally because in the wild, their beaks get really sharp and they're going to be trimming those down on the bark of trees and things like that. Of course, they don't have trees in their enclosures. <laughs> um, so we provide um, different um, substrate for them to be able to kind of 
um, do that naturally on their own. So Charlie does that a lot. And he gets a little white mustache all over his head, um, which is really funny to watch. <laughs> but um, he is very cool. And then Zelda is another special case. So Zelda is our female Eastern box turtle. And she has a little bit more going on in her tank. We um, have moss as well as um, wood chips in her tank because Zelda buries down into her enclosure, um, whereas Charlie does not. Um, Zelda does this because she has a shell deformity that we can talk about here in a little while um, that makes her a permanent resident here with us. But in order for her to stay cool, she often has to bury herself down. Um, and so we missed her substrate a few times a day. It stays nice and moist in there for her. Um, she's a pretty clean girl. She doesn't get her water bowl Not too, <laughs> too um, dirty like Charlie does. But boys will be boys. I know. You know <laughs> she's the exact opposite of Charlie. Um, she's pretty introverted in her tank. She likes to be left alone. She's sleeping all day. Um, and then the second that you get her out, she's gone. She's running around. She's got places to be. We don't know where she's going. Social. Social girl. Running the, um, running the party. Yes. Okay. okay. She, her behavior is also really sweet. She loves, um, we always get her out for the children um, to teach about her. And she loves head scratches, which is really funny. Aww. So if you like pet her head with your finger, um, she'll just kind of like lift her head up and close her eyes. Um, so it's spa time all the time for Zelda. Yes, no doubt. They're all very spoiled. They are very spoiled. <laughs> oh, I'm sure of it. Now, with, we got all five, right? That was... That was four. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Who, who are we missing? We have Maze as well. Our mm -hmm. snake. Yeah, so Maisie uh, came from Oakland Island Wildlife Center. She's going on about 13 years old right now. She is a corn snake. So they're called that because their belly looks like Native American corn, but they also spend time in cornfields, like feeding um, on mice and rats. Uh, but yeah, like I said earlier, corn snakes are known for being really docile, but Maisie, she's just so special in herself. When I first started volunteering, I could count on one hand how many people she helped get over their fear of snakes. I'd be like, oh, she did it for one person too. I can't even count so anymore. Because a lot of people come in and they, you know, are scared of snakes. A lot of people have that fear. And Maisie will help you get over that fear. A lot of them, if they were just like seasonal educators or whatnot, when they're leaving before they left, well, I have to hold Maisie one more time. And she just really has helped so many people get over her fear because she's so docile. You take her out. Um, you can just put her around your neck and she'll just kind of hang out. She loves to go up in our hair. She'll get tingled <laughs> up in our hair, um, go in our hoodies. If we take her outside to sunbathe, she'll do a little sun dance. Um, so so that's really cute. And so Maisie only gets fed once a week. She does get uh, two fuzzy mice. And so they come frozen and we thaw them out. Um, but even when she's eating, she's really gentle. So we'll take um, like tongs and we'll target feed her right to her nose and she'll just be so gentle. A big question we always get with Maisie is, does she bite when we bring her out for the kids to let her, uh, let them pet her? And I always tell them about this story. Um, me, Tyler and Rachel, uh, one of our curators, one time Maisie just had like a little wood chip or something in her mouth. Um, we're like, oh, what do you got there, Maisie? So the three of us um, Tyler was holding her mouth open and I took my phone for the light and Rachel, you know, put, um, little whatnot tongs or whatnot in there to get it out. And Maisie didn't even flinch. She didn't try to bite us. She didn't get aggressive. Nothing. I always tell people that story. I'm like, this is how sweet this snake is. She's so sweet. For a good she's five so minutes, I, we were holding her mouth open and she's just like, sure. Yeah. 
whatever. She's just unfazed. So sweet. She is my kid's favorite animal. When I was volunteering and um, they would come with me sometimes, like they would just hold Maisie the whole time. Um, And so now whenever they come, that's their first thing they want to do. They want to hold Maisie. She's just our favorite. (laughs) She's she's obviously, you're right, a good teaching tool for a lot of people. Absolutely. Sure, there's so many kids that come in and see you guys holding her. Yes. And they're like, what thing? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then once you have a whole conversation about, you know, maybe have a distance and safety but you know right exactly. the way that you yeah. hold yeah yeah i love when we have a whole group of kids and we offer everyone to pet her and some of them are scared and i'm like i swear she's not gonna hurt you and not only that but i have them pet her tail um, and i kind of hold her face over by me just so she doesn't get scared right 100 fingers poking at her right. um and so i'm like she can't even bite if she wanted to because her head's over here and so then they will, they'll pet her and you could just set, see how proud they are of themselves mm-hmm. afterwards and adults too. And a lot Many of times adults. they'll be the first time that they did it. And they just kind of like, I love that. I love that we can change people's minds about snakes because I don't know how many times I've heard the only good snake is a dead snake and that breaks my heart. Of so course. I yeah. love when people walk away with, you know, they exactly. have a different idea of them. Yeah. And so many people too, I think it helps teach um, like why our native species are so important because um, corn snakes are a non-venomous snake. And so in uh, most state, most states, it is illegal to kill non-venomous state snakes. Yeah. Um, and so people are always like, well, why? Like an only a good snake is only a dead snake, you know, things like that. Um, and there's a reason that you can't kill those snakes, you know, and it's because they're so important to our ecosystems. They're so important to the pest control um, of all of our ecosystems. And like we're saying, like, they don't want anything to do with us. They're, they're only going to um, act defensively if they need to be defensive, you know, and that is because someone is antagonizing them in some way. Um, Even if you don't mean to, like, we're a really big animal compared to our really small small friends and so um it's really cool just to like flip that empathy switch on and start to look at it through the animal's eyes in some ways it's really interesting yeah i bet you know a lot of people don't quite understand how it all works together and it does take a while to understand how how all of us are a part of what's going on you know they're a part each 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 animal has their own part and so to understand that and you guys are such a huge part of that education process having people understand why it's important to do these things protect these things Mm -hmm. you know and and treat them in a in a way where you're wanting it to continue so you guys are such a huge huge part of that one big question a lot of people have um and i'll just throw it out there for uh, either one of you is why do you have five permanent residents why are they permanent residents to the marine science center Yeah. Yeah. So they are our educational ambassadors. They're here to teach about their species. So some cases like Zelda, like Tyler said, she'll talk about, she can't be released. Um, But other, others of them, they're here to teach about, she's here to teach about our species too. But others (laughs) of them are just here to teach about their species. Um, Like Ruby and Pearl, they're educational ambassadors for Diamondback Terrapins. A lot of the time in the summer, those mamas are getting hit on the causeway. Um, and we get to teach about that species. We do the hatch and head start with the babies here and they do get released, but Ruby and Pearl are here 
to teach about their species. Um, and not only that, but there's so much proof that if people see these animals in person, they're going to want to care about them so much more. So when they come in and they're hearing about Ruby and Pearl and that they're the golden girls, they're the very best of friends. In fact, years ago, um, Ruby needed some extra care and she had to be dry docked. She had to be out of her tank and so she could get her lotions and things like that. And she literally got depressed being away from Pearl um, at that time when I was feeding the animals. It was like during quarantine and all that. Um, I would spend almost all day just trying to get her to eat. Like, do you want a feather crab? Do you want a piece of shrimp? I'll come back later with her pellets and things. And when she was able to be back with Pearl, she was no longer depressed. It was like nothing ever happened. She, they were just so happy to be together. Um, and they're not like usual turtles that like to be solitary, which their um, species does. They don't usually want to be together. In fact, the hatchlings, when they get to a point um, that they're about to be released and they're about a year old or about the size of a fist, that's when we release them, we'll start picking on each other. Um, Ruby and Pearl love to be together. They love to take naps together and they love to sunbathe together and Pearl will go and lay her head on Ruby. So when people see that and get to teach about that species, they're going to fall in love with that species and they're going to want to care and want to help them. So like I said, a lot of them get hit on the causeway. Uh, It's just mamas trying to cross, looking for higher ground to nest. So when they're doing that, you know, these kids, and they're going to pass that message along to their parents or even adults that come in, they're going to want to slow down on that road. They're going to want to help out these animals. Mm -hmm. And something as seemingly small as slowing down on the road is enough to save a species. So it is really important, even though it seems like nothing at all. Yeah. Um, But she's so right. Like getting getting people to care about these animals is the biggest thing. Um, We have a couple of our residents in here um, that do have uh, deformities. So um, Zelda is going to be our main girl. She has a shell deformity. Um, so box turtles get their names because they're actually able to close all of their limbs and their heads completely inside of their shell. And they have a little flap on the um, part of their plastron with their um, head that can flap close like a box. Um, and that's how they get their name. Um, but Zelda can't do this because Zelda was given to us. Um, She was donated to us um, when she was an adult. Um, She was actually found in a parking lot garage um, and she used to be somebody's pet. Um, And so we see the shell deformity on her and that um, lets us know that she was malnourished when she was someone's pet. Um, Malnourishing turtles is actually an incredibly easy thing to do. Um, It can be anything from the wrong type of lighting to um, not enough food or even too much food can stunt their growth. Um, and cause them to have shell deformities um, and the like water um, enclosures, all kinds of things can um, cause malnutrition in turtles. And so um, we always use Zelda to educate about the pet trade, um, which is a really important thing to talk about um, because we um, want to make sure that all these little kids coming in to the science center every day, Everyone leaves wanting a pet turtle because we you see a, a thousand turtles when you're here, which is really cool. But um, we really uh, educate hard on the importance of doing your research before you get any sort of pet, yeah. um, but especially reptiles and especially turtles, because it's so easy um, to cause them any sort of malnutrition, even when you don't mean to. Um, we don't we don't know who owned Zelda previously, but they very well could have loved her and cared for her. Um, to the best of their abilities and still things like this can happen. Um, And so we um, use her a lot to educate um, on why that's so important and why it's really important to 
um, learn about the animals that you're going to be living with and treat them like family because some species of turtles will outlive you and you have to put them in your will. So um, lots of people don't know that before they get a pet turtle and then all of a sudden they're 60 years old and their turtles, not even a teenager yet. Right. Um, and so, yeah, Zelda is here because of that. And she cannot be released because of that deformity. Um, being able to go inside their shell like that is their natural defense in the wild. So she would um, not be able to survive very well due to that. Um, Charlie is also here because he was also someone's pet um, and he was donated as well. Um, he does not have a deformity, which is a great thing. Um, but since he was someone's pet, um, their whole lives, um, they are pretty instinctual animals, but, um, we just don't want to risk that once they are somebody's pet, there's certain things that they just get used to. Um, just like anything would, um, that is really hard to teach a reptile. Right. So important. The education piece. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, so many things that, that us as adults that we're just like, what? You, that's crazy yeah, really yeah. And I had a lady come in and she saw the little baby down in that tube and mm-hmm. she's and some people get confused they walk in and they'll ask if they could buy the animals here so she's like confused um, and she was like can you buy these here I'm like no and I told her it was actually illegal to even own them mm-hmm. in the state of Georgia because it is illegal to own any native species of reptile mm-hmm. in the state of Georgia but then I also explained to her I'm like these little babies and I took her over to Ruby and Pearl. I'm like, this is how big they're going to get. Right. Um, they're going to live for at least around 40 years. And I'm like, and you see this tank? Like, this is the minimum size tank you're going to need for these two turtles. And she goes, whoa. She's like, okay, never mind. I'm like, exactly. So a lot of people, they just don't know. They see the little cute turtles. They want right. to get them. But once they see how much, you know, it takes and everything, they're like, okay, I understand. Never mind. Really so. easy to forget that cute little babies don't stay <laughs> yeah, cute little babies. Yeah, they grow up. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's so amazing when you walk in here. Um, to, and by the way, that's why you continuously will hear things going on in the background because we are here in the building where the operation continues all the time. Um, and, and we love it. We love being able to do it right here, you know, in front of all the animals and just be a part of it. But when you walk in, I think for the first time, and there are a lot of people who come and visit Tybee Island that, and and they're just here for a week or they're here right. for, yeah. you know, vacation and, and maybe they've come one time before, but so many people have not been to the new facility here mm-hmm. and, and they walk in and they're just blown yeah. away by what is going on in here. How do you suggest when people come in, like, you know, it's pretty easy to navigate, but you know, you guys have so much going on. Take, I would say like, take a few hours. Yeah. You know, really take it all in. Um, We always say that um, the science center is what you make of it. Our staff is the main um, part of this operation that allows you to spend a really long time here. Mm -hmm. If you're stopping at each one, of these enclosures, there's an educator at uh, most of these tanks. Um, and so if you stop at each one of them and you're asking questions, we're here to answer questions. Um, and so that's all we want from you is yeah. to ask questions. Um, and even if you don't ask questions and you ju- you don't even know what to ask, I get that all the time. Um, I'll always be like, ask any questions, feel free. And sometimes they're like, I wouldn't even know what to ask you. <laughs> and when that happens, like I could talk about each of these animals for hours. So um, if you're stopping and you're making the most of it, um, you can easily spend three to four hours here. Um, it's a really great place to bring little kids, um, because everything's at their eye level. Um, so it's really fun to watch the kids run around and just kind of go back and forth and 
kids are really funny because they'll like go see something and then forget that they were just <laughs> looking at something else and then rediscover it five minutes later. Um, and so it's really fun just to watch kids um, discover new things here. Um, but yeah, you can you can easily spend a few hours here, but you can also do it in 45 minutes if um, you're just here for an hour. So right. um, yeah. it really just depends what your timeline is like here. Um, and how how much you want to learn about each of the animals. Because, yeah. Yeah. Um, we can easily sit there and talk your ear off. Yeah. I always just say, come and talk to us. Just I tell everyone that that's what we're based on is education mm-hmm. and conservation. So we are all educators here. Um, we're aquarists as well. Um, so we help with all that thing stuff. But we're just, you know, the Science Center is based on education. So that is what we love to do. Every single one of us that are employed here, every single volunteer. And like Tyler said, we can talk your heads off. So just come in and talk to us. You know, yeah. come to each of the tanks where we're stationed and we can give you a billion facts. But at the same time, make it a conversation. Um, and just so many people love to learn that way. Absolutely. So. There's absolutely no way you could come into this building and leave not knowing something new. Yeah. Right. I think that that's something that's really special about this place is you're not just, I mean, we have things written on the tanks for you to read. Yes. But it's not just um, plaques on a wall for you to kind of mosey around. You're talking to the people who are taking care of the animals. And um, a lot of the time our husbandry team is always out on the floor doing doing something, you're watching us clean the tanks. I've been inside that big um, Diamondback (laughs) Terrapin tank while we've been open to the public. And so it's really funny because people, one little girl, (laughs) we were walking, she was walking past and she was like, oh my goodness, a mermaid. Because I was just (laughs) in there scrubbing turtle poop in the tank. Um, But she did not know that. She thought I was just swimming with the turtles. Oh, I love that. (laughs) They weren't even in the tank. That's (laughs) so good. Um, But even even our husbandry is being done like to, to the public's knowledge. So all of our tanks, all of our filtration systems are visibly seen. Um, and it's meant to be that way so that people ask questions. Um, and we can be really transparent about the way that we take care of everything. Um, but that also means that we have to clean a lot more right, um, than right. um, other aquariums do because our stuff needs to look beautiful 24-7. That's right. Um, which is not always the easiest thing, but it is very rewarding when people are really blown away by our um, our systems and um, it just shows you how immaculate the environments are that these um, animals are living in in their short stays here which is really once cool. get very spoiled yeah very spoiled, <laughs> very so spoiled. spoiled. and they yeah. get my to house be, is not this clean right <laughs> and they get to be spoiled because you guys do such a great job um, and you work best. so yeah, hard we, do. we it, love it and your heart's <laughs> in it and it's just wonderful um tyler hood and just boil stop by and see them and ask your questions yeah. um and i would say that's a great thing for parents because you know you can answer all the questions. Yeah, <laughs> Parents don't have to try to answer them exactly. and maybe get them wrong on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. We also have just different things stationed throughout the day, too. So you can come and see Westy get fed or you could see our animals being sunbathed or mm-hmm. our Diamondback Terrapins eating. So we have all that stuff that you can see, too, throughout the day. So really take a lot of time here. It is a really fun, fun day. Well, you guys are obviously just uh, have such big hearts and are doing a great job. And, and I know that uh, you'll continue for the rest of the year. Are you looking forward to um, the the right whale exhibit that's going to be oh, coming? Oh, yes. Some new we things are going to be very excited. We yes. keep getting picture updates and Love we're all going to start crying when it goes up, I'm yeah. sure. Um, yeah. It's a 
been a long time coming and yeah, they talk about trying to get so hard to care about animals mm. and to get them to care yeah. about that animal is going to be a big deal. A big, so, big deal. Yeah. They're so endangered. So yeah. being able to see a physical size of a whale yeah. and um, people don't know that we have whales out here at mm-hmm. all That's right. um, because you won't see them most of the time from mm-hmm. the beach, which is totally understandable. But um, being able to educate about one of the most endangered species of whales is going to be a really, really big deal to get people to care and maybe look something up and help um, in any way they can. And um, it's just going to be really cool to get to experience that with everyone else. Totally. Um, So we're looking forward to more episodes on that coming up. Uh, Tyler and Jess, thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you. It's been fun. From the beach to the marsh, from the ocean to the rivers and creeks, from the islands to the mainland to the classroom, this is your authentic coastal experience with Tybee Marine Science Center. We provide year-round programs for visitors, residents, and learners of all ages. You'll find us on Tybee Island at North Beach, beachside of Fort Screven. Join us in developing caring and responsible protection of coastal Georgia's natural resources. You can help us today by becoming a member. Your membership support helps fund conservation programs and assist with program fees for low-income groups. Visit TybeeMarineScience.org to learn more about becoming a member. Our volunteer opportunities are there and all of the cool merch available in our discovery shop. Thank you for sharing this episode with another curious learner. Grab your membership at TybeeMarineScience.org and follow us on social. Together through education and conservation, we can make a difference.